Welcome to the Coffee with Kathy podcast. Take a moment to subscribe and like us on Facebook if you haven't already. You can also check out all of our books, merch, and future podcasts at coffeewithkathy.com. Now grab yourself a cup of coffee and get ready to be encouraged. Here's your host, Pastor Kathy Heitschu. decisions 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 tell your tell your neighbor decisions are to be made we got some decisions to make amen i'm going to be in the book of first samuel chapter 30 if you have your bible turn there with me i apologize in uh, in advance for how long the scripture reading is but it's i got the microphone and you don't amen First Samuel chapter 30 we'll start in verse 1 david and his men reached ziglag on the third day Now the Amalekites had raided the Negev and Ziglag. They attacked Ziglag and burned it and had taken captive the women and everyone else in it, both young and old. They killed none of them, say none of them, but carried them off as they went on their way. When David and his men reached Ziglag, they found it destroyed by fire, their wives and sons and daughters taken captive. And some of y'all would have said, hallelujah. And the rest of y'all men would have been like, nah, bro, I'm going after my wife and children. (laughs) So David and his men wept aloud until they had no strength left to weep. Look at your wife and say, that'd be me. I'd be crying so hard if they came and got you, I would have no more strength. Amen. Verse 5, David's two wives had been captured. That's enough right there for David had a little break, amen. It got two wives, not just one, but that's for a preach another day. David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him. Each one was bitter in spirit because of his sons and daughters. But David found strength in the Lord his God. Somebody say, that's me. David inquired of the Lord, shall I pursue this raiding party? Will I overtake them? Pursue them, he said. You will certainly overtake them and succeed in the rescue. David and his 600 men with him came to the Basor Valley where some stayed behind. 200 of them were too exhausted to cross the valley. But David and the other 400 continued the pursuit. They found an Egyptian in the field and brought him to David and they gave him water to drink and food to eat. Part of a cake of pressed figs, somebody say gross, and two cakes of raisins, somebody say even grosser, amen. I told the first service, because it's all old people in the first service, that all old people eat figs and raisins, okay? So if you're wondering if you've crossed over to being the old or the young, nothing wrong with it, amen. It's just that if you eat raisins and figs, you is granny and grandpa material, Okay. You know, you ever been to grandma's house and it's like, what you got, granny? It's like raisins. Like, why? Why, granny? Why? I'm going to be one of them modern grandmas. Amen. It's going to call me granny, but I'm going to for sure have all the chocolate for my little babies. Amen. But he ate and was revived, for he had not eaten any food or drunk any water for three days and three nights. David asked him, who do you belong to? Where do you come from? He said, I'm an Egyptian, the slave of an Amalekite. My master abandoned me when I became ill three days ago. We raided, hello, (laughs) and burned Ziglag. You know, that got David's interest, right? David asked him, "Mm, can you lead me to this raiding party? He answered, swear to me before God that you will not kill me or hand me over to my master and I will take you to them. 
He led David down, and there they were, scattered over the countryside, eating and drinking, reveling because of the great amount of plunder they had taken. David fought them from dusk until the evening of the next day. David recovered everything, say everything, the Amalekites had taken. Nothing was missing, young or old, boy or girl, plunder or anything they had taken. David brought everything back. He took all the flocks and herds and his men drove them ahead of the other livestock saying, this is David's plunder. Then David came to the 200 men that were too exhausted to follow him and who were left behind. They came out to meet him. As David and his men approached, he asked them how they were. But all the evil men and troublemakers said, mm-hmm, among David's followers said, because they did not go out with us to share, they cannot share with the plunder that we've recovered. However, each man can take his wife and his kid and go. See, they didn't want them. Amen. They didn't want your kid. But they take the plunder. But David said, no, 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 no. My brothers, you must not do with what the Lord has, do that with what the Lord has given us. He has protected us and delivered into our hands the raiding party that came out against us. Who will listen to what you say? The share of the man who stayed is to be the same as that of him who went down to battle. All will share alike. Father, I thank you for your presence in this place. I thank you for every person that's in the sound of my voice. Let their hearing ear, ear be a hearing ear, and their heart be a receiving heart. And let me uh, have an effective anointing to make preaching effective in Jesus' name. We declare we will not leave this place the same way we came in. And everybody who agreed with that said... Amen. By the time we get to chapter 30, I'll give you a little bit of backstory. King Saul has been consumed with insecurity and jealousy. Like he literally is obsessed with killing David. The only thing Saul wakes up to do every morning is to find and kill David. How many of y'all feel like somebody out to kill you all the time? <laughs> Every time he gets up an entire day until he goes to bed at night, he's just consumed with finding and killing David. David, however, refuses to kill Saul. On at least two occasions, God has delivered Saul into the hands of David, but David refused to harm him because he had enough good sense to know you do not lay your hands on God's anointed. Why don't you just tell the person behind you, you do not lay your hands on God's anointing. You ought to just say that out loud for good measure. Do not lay your hands on God's anointed. Amen. That's freeing. Amen. That is so freeing. And David and his men are stronger than Saul and his men. The Bible says that Saul killed his thousands, but David killed his ten thousands. But in order to avoid killing or touching God's anointed, David does something very unprecedented. He literally defects to the army of the Philistines. He believes that if he joins up with them, then he's going to, uh, Saul's going to stop pursuing him. So David and his 600 men and their families, they go to King Achish, and the king allows them to live in this place called Ziglag. In order to prove his loyalty to the Philistines and prove his loyalty to the king, and in order to sustain themselves, David and them begin raiding certain lands, particularly the land of the Amalekites. Whenever he would raid, he would come back to Ziglag and he would tell the king that he had raided the land of Judah, which is in Israel, and the king would believe that David turned against his own people, so that bought him trust with King Achish. 
And even though David's an Israelite who defected to the Philistines, when the Philistine army gathers together to go to war with Israel, Achish shows up on the battlefield, and he's got David and his 600 men with him. And the generals in the Philistine army is like, yeah, no, that's not going to happen for us. They are adamantly objecting to David's presence in the battle. They're saying, Achish, he might be your boy. He might be your friend, but we don't trust him. They're saying, if, if the battle gets hot, David's going to switch sides on us. Uh, he's going to flip the script and fight against us. And we all know that David with his 600 men and God on his side can't be stopped. Somebody say, that's me. I can't be stopped. I've got God on my side like she sang about. God is for me. Amen. So they demanded that David just go on back to Ziglag. It's about a three-day journey. Just go on, Bubba. We don't, we don't want you. We don't need you to fight with us. So they take this three-day journey back. And they find when they get there that the Amalekites that they've been raiding have returned the favor. They have returned the favor. The Amalekites have come to Ziglag, and they've burned it down. They've taken the women and children captive. The Bible says they began to weep until they became weary. Have anybody ever cried in the house today so much that you became weary? They couldn't even move. They didn't have any more strength. They were broken down. And to add insult to injury, David's men, his friends, oh, can I get a witness in the house, his friends and family and his men and his army are talking about killing him. They blame him for their town being burned down. They blamed him for their women and children being taken captive. They blame him for not leaving somebody to watch over Ziklag. And this is a low point in David's life. Anybody ever been there? Some of you have had low points in your life too. It's a hurtful and painful place for David. I mean, it's gone from bad to worse. The, the people he thought he could count on, I mean, because you're going to go to battle with 600 people, you kind of like to think you can count on them. Amen. I mean, don't go to battle. First point, don't go to battle with people you can't really trust. I mean, they're going to stone you or want to kill you. It's a hurtful and painful place. And they're talking about killing him. He's like the ones he's been faithful to have turned their back on him. Anybody ever been faithful to somebody that turned their back on them? As if losing his family was not enough. Now he's got to deal with the fact that his friends are his enemies. Are, his friends are fake and his enemies are real. He's got to deal with the fact that his friends are fake. Anybody got any hashtag fake friends? Anybody out on Facebook got any hashtag fake friends? This is a good time to put fake friends in the comments. Amen. He's got to deal with the fact that all of his stuff is on Facebook. They snapping about every bit of his stuff. It's done hit the Riverside rumor mill. Everybody's talking about David. It's David's fault. He's in a low moment in his life. I can tell you that David has experienced personal loss. David has experienced. He knows what it's like to have people turn their back on him. He knows what it's like to run out of resources. Oh, y'all ain't going to shout me down in here today. I can see you done got too quiet. Somebody ought to say amen. 
But if you can just identify with everything David's going through, you don't have to nod or anything. Just wink at me and I'll know. Oh, okay, I see all y'all. I see, I see. Just wink and I'll know. Won't nobody else know that you've been in this place of hurt and pain before? You've been in difficulty and disappointment before. You've been in a place of no support from your family and friends. You've been in a place of no shelter, no resources. David's in a place where he just simply doesn't know what to do. So can I tell you, David made five powerful decisions. I'm going to give them to you this morning. He made five powerful decisions that changed his life. And you know what? They're going to change your life too. Five decisions that are going to change your life. I want you to take notes. You could write on the back of an offering envelope and take it home with you. You'll have all your notes and you'll be ready to give your $20,000 offering next um, Sunday to buy that truck. Some of y'all laugh, but that's probably y'all. If you just laugh, because listen, there was a woman in the Bible who laughed one time. Some of y'all will get that later tonight when y'all got home, when you get home. Uh, we do have some pregnancy tests and, and uh, um, uh, uh, things like that. But I'm just saying, take that. You laugh about that offering envelope, it's you. Just say no, it's you. You want to put a fleece out before the Lord, it's you. So everybody grab an offering envelope and take these notes. I'm going to drop them to you real quick, amen. Number one. David refused to be held hostage by his hurt. David refused. You could put your name in there. Kathy refused to be held hostage by hurt. He decides no matter how much this hurts, no matter how bad it might have been, I refuse to sit in sorrow and sadness. Don't you love David? He's like, I'm going to get up and do something about the situation. 600 men have lost their wives and kids. You need to understand, David is not immune. David's lost his wife and kids. His family has been taken. Whatever the people are going through, David's going through. Can I tell you, just because you're a leader doesn't mean you're immune. Just because you have the microphone doesn't mean you won't fight the same fight people in the seats are fighting. Just because he has a title don't mean he hasn't gone through the gone through. Right? He's not immune. David is hurt like everybody else. David is confused like everybody else. David is upset like everybody else. Can I tell you there's a difference between David and everybody else? Say everybody else. Because they're so upset that they're thinking about stoning him. They're so upset, all they can think about is blaming. All they can think about is anger. All they can think about is hate. All they can think about is vengeance. That's what immaturity does. Immaturity takes a disappointment and allows it to become bitterness. And then bitterness becomes anger, and anger expresses itself through blame. You ever played the blame game? You ever went and bought a blame game and opened it all up and set it all out on the table and, you know, got the dice ready? Don't look at your spouse, whatever you do. If you're going to, there's only one thing in the world you should ever blame, and that's a cat. Amen? Don't blame the dog. Don't blame your spouse. Just blame the cat. Amen. That's how I feel about that. I know, right? It's a tough crowd, tough crowd. See, immaturity wants to hurt somebody back, see? Immaturity wants to get even. I just got to get revenge. I got to blame everybody in my path. You know how it is when you stump your toe? You know that pinky toe? And then the next person you see, 
It just gets it. Because <laughs> you just got all the pain of it, and it's like it's their fault, right? You're just blaming them. And they're like, I just walked into the room. I wasn't even here. It's like you left that out. You wanted me to kick it. <laughs> everybody up in here knows somebody who every time something don't go their way, they take it out on everybody they encounter. If you don't know somebody like that, it's probably you. You know those people that just want to be mean and hateful. They ain't even got no reason to be mean and hateful. They just want to be mean and hateful because misery loves company. Thank y'all. You're preaching good today. Just because they're miserable, they want everybody else to be miserable. They see you smiling, and they're trying to figure out how they're going to slap that smile off your face. You're just standing at the water cooler in the coffee pot at the workplace, and they're just trying to figure out how to slap that whistle out your mouth. Amen. For, for those of us who whistle, amen. You're just trying to fit. They're trying to figure out how to wipe it off your face. So these 600 men want to kill David because they're angry. And David's like, I know this isn't an ideal situation, but I refuse to sit in sadness and sorrow. I refuse to let my hurt uh, 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 hold me hostage. I refuse to let hurt keep me from pursuing what God has for me. I can't allow what I've been through to lock me into a place. You guys, we got to get all that God's got for us. We can't afford to be locked into hurt. We can't afford it. So I'm here today to talk to somebody who's, who's been through a rough time, a rough year, somebody who's been through some stuff. Uh, the rest of you just sit there and, and, and you know, do, uh, what's it called? Doodle on your offering envelope. But I want to talk to people who's been through the been through, who's had some low moments. I want to talk to people who've had a broken heart. I want to talk to people whose family has turned their back on them, whose friends have wanted to wipe that smile off your face. I just want to ask you one question. Are you going to be held hostage to your hurt for the rest of your life? Or can it end today? That'd be two questions. Can it end today, amen? Or will you, number two, persevere in spite of your pain? That's not an easy thing to do. Persevere in spite of your pain. Oh, y'all ain't going to like me today. I, I'm coming with it anyway, amen. I'm bringing it anyway. David made a decision. Say decision. He's going to persevere in spite of his pain. He acknowledged that even though everything is chaotic around him, would you agree that'd be pretty chaotic for you to come back and your town is burnt to the ground and your wife and kid or your husband and kid or whoever is gone and all your stuff is gone? I mean, you ever had somebody steal something from you? And I mean, it like you feel like molested, man. You feel like weird. Because you're like, I've had things robbed from me before. And, and most people would say, oh, Kathy, it's just stuff. And that's the ones you want to slap them, right? You want to just, because you're like, it was my stuff. But, right? you coming back and everything you got is gone? Persevere in spite of your pain. So chaos is happening. But you know what? David's like, but wait, God's got something great for me. Here's the difference between these 600 men and David. They're weeping like their family is dead. They're weeping like their family, their, their, their kids are killed. But the Bible plainly said they had not been killed, only taken captive. Can I tell you, if you'll get up and pursue what is still alive, you can recover everything. Can you get a spirit of David on you and just get up and pursue and recover all? 
When you make up your mind to stop crying, stop having a pity party, stop inviting everybody to your pity party, stop feeling sorry, just get up and pursue what God has for your life. That's a good place to say amen. I'm preaching better than y'all acting like anyway. And I get it. It's hard to deal sometimes with people who have this exaggerated response to everything. Don't look at anybody. Just look straight ahead. Focus. Don't, don't do it. I'm telling you, save your life. Don't do it. It's hard to deal with people who have an exaggerated response to everything. They didn't say their family had been killed. They didn't come back and find them dead. There is still a little bit of hope you could have in you. Amen. That you will pursue and recover all. Especially when the person's response doesn't line up with the reality of, of the context, the reality of the life, the situation, and they all exaggerated. You know those people, right? But somebody here today needs to know that, yes, it might have been bad, but it could have been a whole lot worse. Can I tell you, it might have been ugly, but it could have been a whole lot uglier. Can I tell you, it might have hurt your feelings, but it could have hurt a whole lot worse. I tell you, as long as you live, as long as you're alive, there's still hope. There's still hope. There's still possibilities. As long as you're alive, there's still opportunity. Persevere in spite of your pain. God's telling you today, if you'll get up and pursue, you can recover all. Say all. Slap your neighbor tell him, I done made up my mind this morning. I done got to church on Sunday morning, and I'm going to get it all back. I'm going to possess and repossess all the things that I lost that were taken from me. You ought to just tell him, I'm getting mine all back. I'm going to get up tomorrow and just press toward the mark. Amen? Persevere in spite of it all. So number one, he refused to be held hostage to his hurt. Number two, he persevered in spite of his pain. And number three, David found strength in the stress. He found strength in the stress. I looked up this word stress. It's the feeling of being overwhelmed. Anybody ever just been overwhelmed? I mean, it could be a good thing. It ain't necessarily got to be a bad thing. You just had a whole lot on your plate, and you just got a little overwhelmed. Stress is unable to cope with pressure. Anybody felt pressure in the last two years, in 2020 or 2021? Anybody ever felt any pressure? Pressure to do what other people think you ought to do. Pressure to go, mm, don't even get me started. That's a whole nother preach. Oh, let me just calm down a minute. Whew, thank you, Lord, because you know you, we ain't wrote that message yet. <laughs> okay, pressure. Let's go back to stress. They began to talk about David. Now, if the believers back then, if the saints back then were like the saints are today, y'all know they ain't talk about him to his face. Anybody ever had somebody talk about you? Amen. They did, they did what a whole lot of people do, which is talk behind your back. You know why? Because they don't have enough godly courage to say it to your face. They don't have godly courage to say it to his face. So they're talking about David behind his back. And for a moment, I can imagine David was stressed. You figure 600 people could probably kill you, okay? I mean, not me because I'm in no weapon for him against me. I don't mean how many of y'all got one. But you can imagine David probably felt like, wait a minute, they, they might actually try to stone me. So he, I believe he might have had a little bit of stress. You know, stress is your body's response to anything that requires attention. Stress is just your body's response to anything that requires action. So I love verse 6, and I know you love it too. David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Somebody just say, that's me. Yeah. 
David came to a place where he consciously said, I'm going to ignore their ignorance. I'm going to reject their rumors. In essence, he said, I'm not going to let y'all stress me out. Amen. Tell the person in front of you, I'm not going to let them stress me out. Some of y'all just need to say it. Amen. Like whatever you was thinking, just go on thinking. Um, It's not going to stress me out. I don't care what you say. Not going to stress me out. I don't care what you think. I really, do. I really don't care what you think. But a lot of people just need to say, I don't care what you think. I'm not going to let it stress me out. I don't care what you feel, what you post, what you tweet, what you snap, whatever. I don't care. Just say it. I don't care. David realized the source of his strength had never been in people. And certainly not what people think. David's strength had never been. He killed a bear. He didn't have no help. He killed a lion. He didn't have no help. He didn't have people. He killed Goliath. He had no help. He didn't even want the armor they put on him. Some of y'all are trying to fight battles with Saul's armor. That'll preach another day. I do have that message. Amen. That'll preach another day. But, but David realized the source of his strength was not in people. He even said in Psalm 27, the Lord is my light and the Lord is my salvation. The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Of who shall I be afraid? I'm not afraid of anybody. You ought to just say, I'm not afraid. I told this example because it's the only one I got this, that happened um, this week about, um, so we, uh, well, I won't tell the first part. Let me just tell the part. I was, I was taking a shower, okay? And the lights went out. And so immediately, because I'm just flesh, so all y'all calm down, be thinking I'm, you know, all that in a bag of chips. Immediately, I was afraid. Uh, so things start running through your head. First thing, I don't know why, because I don't watch shows like this, but first thing through my head was somebody there to kill me, okay? I'm just going to tell it like it is. The first thing was not my kids playing a joke on me and reached in and turned out the light. It wasn't like I thought my husband was trying to uh, uh, turn out the light on me and scare me. I thought somebody was coming in to kill me. So immediately you're froze, like seriously, it's complete dark because there ain't no windows in the bathroom. If you got one, that's just weird, but uh, there's no windows in the bathroom. So... Uh, I'm rinsing my hair, and I'm immediately thinking, just get the uh, shampoo out of your hair. Just get out real quick and just find out what's going on because maybe we just lost power all over the place. And the, about the time, you know, my flesh was, was calming down, my spirit man took over. Said, the devil is a lie, girl. You better wash, rinse, and repeat. So I just continued in my shower, amen. I said, if they out there with a baseball bag going to hit the shower curtain, going to kill me, they're going to stab me with a knife, whatever, I'm going to have good hair, amen. I conditioned my hair and everything, brushed my teeth, Jesus, and then get out and find out it was just the bathroom plug, you know, just had an issue with the plug. The whole rest of the house wasn't even out electricity, amen? But, but fear, come on. No, y'all like, no, nah, I would have handled it, yeah, but, but if they do make a way to tote a gun in the shower, I'm on it. I mean, you send me the link to it in Jesus' name. Because uh, my first response was fleshly, not going to lie. I was a little stressed out about it. He said, of whom shall I be afraid? And that's what I said. I'd already practiced in the message, and I'm like, Pfft. Who am I going to be afraid of? I'm going to have good hair. You kill me, y'all put me in the casket. They ain't even going to have to do my hair. Amen. It was looking right. Amen. Not like today because it's all mess, but it's fine. When the Lord is really the strength of your life, when the Lord is really the source of your life, it don't matter who likes you or don't like you. It don't matter who's top 
20 list you're on or top 20 list you ain't on. The Bible says David strengthened himself. And David understood this because, remember, he was a shepherd. Remember, he was a shepherd himself. And shepherds don't look to sheep. Right? Sheep look to the shepherd. He was a shepherd, so he knew who to look for. He knew that some things I've learned to do for myself. Say, myself. I don't know who this is for this morning, but in this season of your life, listen, if don't nobody help you, help yourself. Help yourself. Send your own self flowers. If don't nobody do that for you, send your own self flowers. If don't nobody take you to lunch, take your own self to lunch. Take your own self. Tell your own self, girl, you got it going on. Bubba, you got it going on. Tell your own self. You got to learn to love yourself. You got to learn to encourage yourself. You got to learn to take care of yourself. Some of you ought to lay hands on yourself. Amen. I don't want you to slap your neighbor a high five. Why don't you slap yourself a high five right now? Amen. Why don't you just slap yourself a high five? Amen. Say trouble don't last forever. Somebody ought to say this too shall pass. Somebody ought to say God will make a way. Somebody ought to say he's the alpha and omega. Somebody in this place ought to recognize he's the beginning and the end. He's the first and the last. He's made a way then and he'll make a way for me now. Encourage yourself. You ought to just look at your neighbor and tell them, I believe I'll encourage myself. Amen. So many times we waiting on somebody else. I mean, here's the real question. If there ain't no worship team up here, let's just say they all didn't make it today. Can you sing by yourself? If pastor ain't got the microphone, can you preach to yourself? If the musicians didn't show up, can you worship him yourself? Can you rejoice and shout by yourself? If nobody showed up to church today, can you do it yourself? Give God some praise. Amen. I declare, hey, I don't have a choir. I don't have no preacher. I don't got no musicians. I don't got none of y'all sitting in the seat. If there ain't but four eyeballs in here, two of them is going to be mine, and two of them is going to be yours, and we're going to think about the goodness of God. If I just think about the goodness of God on my life, if I think about the last time he made a way, if I think about how he is a mind regulator, if I think about how he's a burden bearer, amen. If I think about it, I'll shout all by myself. I'll jump and dance all by myself. I'll sing by myself and y'all will say thank you. Because I don't sing. I'll encourage myself. Hey, David strengthened himself. David's like, listen, you don't know him like I know him. Some of you here today would say, never one of y'all know him like I know him. We done been through some things together, he and I. He has shown himself to me in ways no, none of you can comprehend. Some of you could say that. Some of you have been through the been through, and you can say that. We've been through some things together. Some of you could say God showed himself to you this year. He really showed himself to you. He showed you that he's a peacemaker and a relationship restorer. He showed you he's a healer. He showed you he's a provider. He showed you he's faithful, even just this year. 
And here's how you know if you're growing. You're growing when you don't just say he's a God, when you don't just say he's the God, when you don't just say he's our God, but when you stand tall in every situation, you stand up in every circumstance, you stand tall and firm in everything that comes your way, and you say he is my God. That's how you know you've grown. That's how you know you're mature. When you say he'll supply all my needs, he is able. When you say my God is able, my God supplies all my needs. I don't need you, baby bubba. My God is my resource. My God is my resource. He is my source. Whew. Just saying. Some of y'all get nervous because the person by you is so bothered by your praise. They bothered because you slapping yourself upside the head. Some of y'all, let me just help you out. If I was praising him for you, you could tell me to sit down. If I was praising him for you, you could tell me to shut up. But I ain't praising him for you. I'm praising him for my own self. So I'm going to get my own praise on. And if my praise bothers you, that's your problem, Jack, Jill, Karen, Felicia, all y'all. I hope none of y'all in here named that because that just, you know, came out. But when I think about how he made a way for me where I couldn't figure out the way, how many times has he made the way for you and you, you didn't even have to figure it out? You didn't have to figure it out. He made a way. How many times has he showed up right on time? Raise your hand if he's ever showed up right on time for you. That's everybody in the house, in case y'all wasn't looking around. Some of y'all scared to look around. I'll just look around at people sometimes. I love Stephen Pat, man. They teach you to look me in the eye. You go to pray for them, they like, open your eyes. Look at me. Amen. You just like, you ain't even going to blink. Amen, Jesus. When I think about how he did exceedingly above can I tell you above? I said he's done exceedingly, abundantly above, above, above all. He has done exceedingly, abundantly above all. David strengthened himself. Oh, we got plenty of time. Number one, he refused to be a hostage to the hurt he experienced at the hands of others. Write that note down. Put that in parentheses, at the hands of others. Because ain't people done you wrong. Number two, he persevered in spite of his pain. And number three, he found strength under pressure. He found strength in the stress, y'all. Number four, he continued without his comrades. This is going to be a good point. Amen. Say amen. Y'all too quiet for me. He continued without all his comrades. See, God told him, go and pursue, and you shall overtake and recover all without fail. See, he asked God. He asked God what he should do. We've been learning about that in the last three weeks. We've been learning about how to hear from God and the soil that we need to have so that when we ask him what we should do, we can actually hear him tell us what to do. David asked him what to do, and he told him. So they pursued the Amalekites. But when they got to the brook, somebody say, oh, my. 200 of them are weary from crying. We done established they, they cried so hard they ain't got strength to move. 200 of them needed a timeout. 200 of them had a call-in sick day. Anybody ever called in sick? Tell me, I'm sick of this job. I'm sick of you. I'm sick of my coworkers. I'm sick of that coffee pot being so nasty and that coffee don't taste good. I'm just sick of all. Anybody ever called in sick? Wow. Oh, my. I didn't know all of y'all was going to raise your hand. 
Okay, that's another message. I'm going to write that one. And so David is faced with a decision. Because listen, Semper Fi, baby, do I hang out with the 200? Uh, you know, do I no man left behind? Do I stay here with these guys and wait till they get nourished and wait till they get, you know, we all going in this together. Do I hang out with the 200 or do I press on to what God has called me to do? Do I press on to what God has said go and do? Do I stay with them because they've been faithful to me? They are my men. They part of my, my Calgary. You know, should I stay or should I go? I just wanted that song to be on y'all's mind all day long. But can I tell you, everybody assigned to you this year may not be assigned to your next year. Everybody assigned to you in this season may not be assigned with you in your next season. Some of you are going to have to make a decision at the brook. Say decision. Some of you are at the brook needing to make a decision. That's powerful. Are you going to hang back? Or are you going to move into what God's called you to do? See, that's real right there. That's real right there for a lot of people right now. Because let me show you how the enemy works. Y'all okay? Everybody all right? Take a deep breath. Shoulders, let it down. Just relax. Let me show you how the enemy works. The enemy will emotionally handcuff you to the people who want you to sacrifice your destiny for their welfare. That's huge. You're going to have to watch the video back and, and, and unpack that lunch. Get some crackers and go with that. The enemy wants you to be in debt to your past. The enemy wants you to be indebted to the people in your past. He wants you to sacrifice your destiny to maintain a connection with what used to work for you in your past because you thought it was in their best interest if you stayed. Some of y'all need to keep stepping David said, I love you, but I got to leave you. David said, we've been cool, but I got to press on. See, this was a difficult decision. But he leaves them, and he encounters this Egyptian slave. It said he was in the wilderness three days. He ain't had no food, y'all. He ain't had no water. So you know what that means, right? You know you can't go long without food and water. Some of y'all can't go three hours, but, but this is three days. So he about to die. And some of y'all feel like you're going about to die because you ain't had no breakfast right now. But just hang on. I'm going to help you. You ain't going to die. You shall live and not die. That's Bible. So he's not going to live much longer. And this will be important in a minute because you'll get it. Y'all are slow on the draw right now, but that's okay. Y'all going get to you, get your preach on. He knows where the Amalekites are. Here's the beauty of it all. If David had stayed at the brook with the 200 men waiting for them to feel better, by the time he would have got to where this guy was, he would have been dead. Guess what? They wouldn't have found the Amalekites. They wouldn't have found their wife and children and plunder. They'd still probably be looking. But he made a decision to do what God told him to do. So he left them, and at the nick of time, he gets here with this guy. Three days, no water, impossible. He's probably hours from death. Right? So David had to decide. Do I stay with the 200 who are too tired to do anything for me, or do I go with this one who has exactly what I need? I came to let one of you know today, you don't need a multitude of people to believe in you. You don't even need a multitude of people to go with you. You just need the one. Father, just give me the one person who knows my destiny. Just team me up with the one person. If all I need is one, Father, just team me up with one person who knows where my family is, who knows where all the treasure is I need to have. 
And, and, and this is a side note. When he gets back to the brook, after he goes and recovers all and gets back to the brook, y'all, they at the brook doing just fine. The people you leave out of that season will do just fine. They're going to be okay. They right where he left them doing just fine. Stop allowing the enemy to make you feel somebody's total welfare is based on your presence in their life. God will take care of them. God will be their source. God will provide for them. I always say you ain't Holy Ghost Junior, but listen, you ain't nobody's Jesus either. Oh, that. I preached myself happy. Hey, long as you got Jesus, you're going to be all right. Just slap your neighbor, tell him you're going to be all right. You got Jesus, you're going to be all right. Your total welfare ain't based on my decision to be in your, my presence in your life. Jesus, that's it. I know y'all don't like me this morning. I'm almost done. David made decisions. Say decisions. And they allowed him to pursue and overtake and recover all. Which brings me to number five. David made a decision to give God all the glory for his success. Give God all the glory for his success. It's God that told him to pursue. God's the one that told him to overtake. God's the one that told him that without fail, you will recover all. Man. And so he pursues, and guess what? He gets everything back. He gets the wives, the kids, all the treasure. Matter of fact, it gets really, really good because he, they got more than they lost. Now, that means a lot to some of you. To some of you, that don't mean nothing. But to some of you up in 2021, they got back more than they lost. Why settle for less while you can have more? Why settle for less while there's still more? He got back more than they lost. Somebody say more than. And, and this is what I love. David's got enough sense to know that God gave it to him. He, he was overcome with a spirit of generosity, but it was confusing to his men, the other 400, because David's deciding, I'm going to share it all. We all 600, we're going to do this thing. Well, I'm going to share with those at the brook and those that's been in the battle. And some of the 400 who went to battle, who put their lives on the line, who left their families traveling, carrying all the heavy stuff, they like, hold up, Big D. No, David. No, no, no. This ain't figuring to happen. Tell them this ain't figuring to happen. Let's practice it. Look at your neighbor. You got to know this southern word, okay? This ain't figuring to happen. Uh-huh. They didn't go by into battle with us, David. They don't deserve the treasure. They stayed at the brook, you know, to feel better. They in time out, whatever. They recuperating. They don't deserve nothing. And David's like, now, well, if we're going to talk about what we deserve. If we're going to talk about what we deserve, don't none of us deserve any of the goodness of the Lord. Whether you at the brook or at the battle, none of us deserve. See, it's a sad day, a sad person who can't receive all the goodness of God in their life and still be angry that God blesses other people. See, that's a sad Christian. Let's just call it like it is. It's a sad Christian who um, can walk out the good things God has for their life, but you mad if somebody else gets blessed. Whoo. God is saying, at what point is my goodness enough? Amen. Write that down. 
At what point is my goodness enough? Enough, we got to be okay with God's goodness in our life and stop being so mad and angry that he's blessing other people. Some of y'all see somebody get a new car and you like out of grit your teeth. You almost get lockjawed, TMJ. Right? Stop holding on to that foolishness. What point is my goodness enough? See, because whatever they said or didn't say or did or didn't do, it can't compare with the goodness of God that he's blessed you with in spite of what they did. It's quiet because y'all got people's faces flashing before you right now. It's just really quiet. Y'all got all these faces flashing before you. (laughs) Stop holding on to that foolishness. Stop letting it block what God has for your life. You got to take some time and reflect on the goodness of God in your life. Stop being mad at people. you got to put that mess aside. And some of them said they don't deserve what we fought for. They don't deserve what we put our life on the line for. And then they tried to appeal to David's flesh side. They said, oh, David, this is your spoil. But in verse 23, David said, y'all act like this is mine. Mm -hmm. The Lord preserved and delivered us. David's like, when I consider this ain't even my stuff. Whatever I have, God gave it to me. Amen. I might be paying the mortgage, but his name is on the deed. He owns the land. See, I might be paying the lease, but his name's on the title. Everything on my resume, God gave it to me. Everything in my bank account, God gave it to me. See, God deserves all the glory. Say all the glory. And far be it from me to withhold from others what God so freely gave We're withholding from people things God gave us freely. God gave us forgiveness, and we won't even forgive. God loved us unconditionally, and we won't even love. He gave us mercy freely, grace freely, but we won't offer it to people something God gave us for free. You can say, oh, me, it's all right. If it wasn't for the hand of God, I wouldn't even be breathing like I'm breathing. I wouldn't be dressed like I'm dressed, which, by the way, is cute. I even had uh, uh, Pastor Sharon help pick out the right shoes for me. If it wasn't for the hand of God on my life. Amen. I wouldn't be provided for like I'm provided for. I wouldn't have all of y'all to appreciate us like I have all of y'all to appreciate. My kids wouldn't be so blessed if it wasn't for the hand of God. Amen. You clap about that. Stop being beside yourself, amen, for the goodness of God. Don't get so full of pride. Get so full of yourself. You got to give God the glory. Say decisions. We're going to make decisions to possess and, and repossess everything God has for us. I'm going after mine, amen. I'm going after mine. I'm making a conscious decision. I'm not going to be hostage to my hurt. People don't want to hear about what happened to you in 2012. It's over. People in here could tell you testimonies. I, I said that this morning that curl your toenails and you still worried about what Pastor Kathy did. She said that to me a long time ago. She done something I don't like. We still holding on to things. People are dying out here. Dying. And we holding on to stuff. Mm-mm. People are fighting for their life. I'm not going to be held hostage to my hurt. Maybe somebody hurt you. I I apologize on their behalf if they did. So now you've gotten an apology and you can never say I never got an apology. I apologize to you on behalf of every person that's ever hurt you. So you quit using that excuse. 
you now have an apology. Amen. That was free. That wasn't even in my notes. But if there's something out there for me, I'm going to get it. Even if or when it hurts, even if or when it don't feel good, I'm going to persevere in spite of the pain. And I'm going to keep uh, find my strength in him. I'm going to keep on keeping on without my comrades if I have to. If I have to leave you at the brook, Bubba baby, you better, you better know your life depend on it. I'm leaving you at the brook. I'm going after God. How many of you would say the same thing? I'm going after God. Stand on your feet right now. If you would say, I'll leave them all at the brook if I have to. I'm going after God. And maybe you've been a hostage to hurt for way too long. Maybe you would say today, that's me. My past has, uh, has kept me in bondage this whole time up until now. My circumstances I'm in right now have kept me hostage Maybe you would say that. Maybe you would say, I quit when it got painful. Kathy, it got painful and I quit. I quit because it was painful. I I had too much stress. I had too much pressure. So I just gave up. I gave up on the call of God for my life. I gave up on my family. I gave up on my friends and my job. I just gave up on all of it. Or maybe you've just been full of pride. Maybe you've been taking the credit for everything God did. Maybe, maybe you didn't even take the credit, but you didn't give God the credit. Somebody said, oh, that's a beautiful house, a beautiful ring, a beautiful car. Oh, you dress so nice. Yes, yes, yes. And never even give God credit. Never even give God glory. Never even say praise God for it. Yes, it's a beautiful home I live in. Thank you so much. I give God the glory. I give God the credit. Are we so full of pride that we just take the credit for all of it? Maybe you would say, that's me. I've been, I've been taking the credit way too much. I want to pray for you today. If you fit in any of these categories, maybe you've given more power to people than God. Maybe you've given more power to your situation than to God. Maybe you've given more power to circumstances than the Word of God. I'm going to pray for you today. Maybe you would say, today's my day. I'm going to pursue, I'm going to overtake, and I'm going to recover all. I'm going to do exactly what God's called me to do. I'm going to make time to hear from God, and I'm going to do exactly what God has called me to do. If any of those are you, just come, line up. Justin will line you up right here. I just want to touch and agree. I just want to lay hands on you quick, and then and I'll send you out in Jesus' name. Maybe you have a broken place in your heart that you need him to fix. Maybe you've been hurting for way too long. Maybe the pain has been just too much. Maybe you've held on to that grudge just a little bit too long. Maybe you've held on to that pain just a little bit too long. Maybe you've just been confused. You don't even know what his will is for your life, maybe. Maybe you're ready to say, I'm going to stop living my life and start living his life. It's going to stop being Kathy's will, and it's going to start being God's will for my life. I just want to pray for you. just want to lay hands on you and touch and agree with you. And God's going to give you exactly what you're asking him for. The word has power. This word I preach today has power. It's not going to return void. It's going to go and accomplish every single thing that he intended for it to accomplish in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.
Hey, it's Pastor James and Kathy from Riverside Assembly of God, and we're here to invite you to church this Sunday. We're right in the middle of a series about learning how to hear the voice of God. Amen. Isn't that like one of the most important That's things? That's so good. How you know if it's, if it's is this you talking or is this God talking? Is this, yeah. is this the devil talking or is it, or is it God talking? Your toddler talking. talking. <laughs> <laughs> is this the pizza I ate last night talking? I mean, we're, we're just diving in deep yeah. to discover all the different ways God talks to us and preparing ourselves to get tuned in to listen to so God's good. voice. So we want to invite you out. We're yeah. right here at 4242 West Riverside Boulevard, right here in Rockford. And join us.